We shall go on to the end. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in you. Hello everybody and welcome to The Art of Surrender. This is episode number 25 of the podcast and I'm joined by Jake O'Driscoll, the head coach and black belt of Essence BJJ in, at, what is it, where are we, Belmont? Belmont bro, <laughs> we're in the hood. How are you Jake? Yeah, good man, how are you? Not too bad, thanks. Just did a um, 10.30 class. Yep, got is some it? gi rounds in man, yeah, nice and hot rounds. here. Six, six rounds, roll the door down, sauna turned on. Yeah, it's sweat. we're still sweating so... It was a good little hit out, man. It's nice. Got bashed by everyone in the gym. <laughs> Sometimes Tuesday days can be rough, man, but uh, yeah, it was good. It was real nice. <laughs> so what's, um, how, how long have you been in this location? This one, just a year, man. We literally, our birthday was the 1st of October for this location, but we've, Essence been open since 2018, so two years now. Um, but it seems like forever. seems like a lot longer than, than two years, but mm. yeah, but it's been good. And how long have you actually been coaching and, and running your own gym? Uh, so yeah, just the two years, man. Yeah, so oh. I've been coaching a lot longer. Like I was coaching at, at different gyms around Perth uh, and have been since I was probably Pebble Belt. Um, but I opened Essence, yeah, in October 1st, 2018. Um, and then, yeah, it's grown to where it is now, so. Living the dream. Yeah, that's it, man. We're just talking about that, the lifestyle, you know, being able to, this is my full-time gig, so being able to coach every day, train every day, you know, lift weights, fit all that stuff in, um, and have my own spot too. So that's that's the best. When when you actually like took the like plunge to open a gym, how long did it take to you to get to the point where you're like, right here, I can quit my job and just do this? Uh, for me, like I think everybody's different. For me, it was only five or six months, man. But I got made redundant, so I actually had a chat with uh, one of my mates who's uh, prominent in the fitness scene. And he was like, kind of like, it's now or never, man, if it's what you want, like, mm. you can always go back and get a job. My thing with opening a gym, though, man, is I've got a, my daughter, um, and I was with my partner at the time, I always wanted to make sure my family was okay. So I owned a house and a car, etc. So I wanted to open a gym knowing that if it all failed, went completely up and they were okay, you know, mm. I, I could still pay for her schooling and obviously food and housing, etc. Mm. So... I weighed those options up and was like, okay, I can take the plunge here and if it doesn't pay off, they're going to be okay. So mm. I'm okay with that as long as I know I've given it my best. Mm. So probably probably six months, man, and then I got made redundant and that was it. Like, go and get another job or, you go know, all in, go all in, you know, yeah. So, uh, and we went all in, man, it's, and so far so good. Like, it's been working out. And then um, if you told me, you know, when I first opened that within 18 months, COVID would hit, I, I don't know if I would have opened, man, I probably... I don't know if I would have taken the, the plunge there, but uh, it, it's worked out well, I think, for lucky being in WA, for yeah. sure. Did you factor in, when, when you were actually looking at jumping into it full-time, had you factored in, like, the, I guess, the nature of an entrepreneurial risk in the business side, or were you just kind of thinking, like, I want to train full-time and teach, and this is... No, definitely, like, the, the business side. I've been uh, very lucky. My, my dad's a, a pretty successful businessman so i got mentored by him a lot so i knew like the a lot of the risks coming in there's some always risks you don't plan for you know obviously covid number one mm. is, is one thing but there's, <laughs> there's there's some things you just can't plan for but i definitely knew the financial risks but i'm not a big financial guy as weird as that sounds man i'm not 
you know, I don't want a Ferrari. Like if I do, if I got a million dollars, I wouldn't buy a huge house because mm. I wouldn't want to clean it. You know, I would be doing the same things I'm doing. I just have more money in the bank. So for me, it was never like, I want to open a gym because I want to earn X amount of money. It was, I want to be able to look after my family, but have that lifestyle at the same time where I could train, but spend as much time with my daughter as possible. You know, that's probably the main thing for me. I get to pick her up every day. I get to drop her off every day. You know, I don't, she's in here all the time. You know, she's at daycare today, but usually she's in here. She absolutely loves being in the gym. So that was more important to me than, you know, having a nice, like, brand new watch or brand new iPhone mm. or, or whatever it is, man. It doesn't really mm. matter to me too much. It's funny how, like, things change. Because like, I remember being younger, I was always focused on, like, you know, you want to get, have money and yeah, this yeah. and that. And then as you get older, it's kind of like my expectations for what, what I really want is a lot less. Yeah, I, I just think it's one of those things, man. I'm very lucky, like, uh, to have a lot of different people around me from different walks of life. And I've got close friends that do, you know, have a uh, good amount of money but they never talk about those kind of things, you know? It's the things I'm doing that make me happy. Mm. It's the things that they do that make them happy. Mm. It's never like, hey man, I've got a million bucks in the bank today, I'm ecstatic. You know, yeah. they're like, you know what I mean? They're, whatever they're doing is making them happy. So when I realized that, which was, luckily at a pretty young age, I just knew that that's what I wanted to do, man. I wanted to make sure that I was ha like doing things that make me happy every day. And then as my family grew and, and that made them happy and, and, and look after them, so. How, how did you um, actually start out? So go, I guess, backwards. Yeah, way bit, back, yeah, yeah, way back, man. So uh, it was honestly, I was playing football. It's like most Aussie kids do, man. And I was playing uh, for the Perth Demons, so a pretty high level. Every kid that's 17, 18 thinks they're going to get drafted, man, and yeah. they're going to play for West Coast. Or, yeah, everybody, you know. So, <laughs> you and me both. Yeah, so I had that, that story, man. And then when draft year came around, like I didn't get picked up and um, – a lot of the, the queries on me was my, my like my fitness. Knowing what I know now, I couldn't play. I, there's no way I could play in today's AFL, man. I'd be lining up with Patrick Cripps or something. He's yeah. six foot three, you know? Like, it's crazy to think about. But at the time, you're 18, 19, you're like, okay, well, I just got to get fitter. That's easy. So I was already doing a little bit of kickboxing at, like, a self-defense place. And then I started doing, like, uh, boxing privates with a guy, Bobby Main, uh, just old school, um, hard boxer just knows his stuff been around the game for a long time mm. and then uh we're getting my fitness up doing that doing that getting ready for pre-season again and then he's like oh you should wrestle with you know one of these guys which is a purple belt at the time Ramel Luistro who a lot of these guys just fought in eternal yeah, yeah um and I was like man I'm gonna smash this guy like I play high level football like you know I'm pretty aggressive I used to get into a bit of biff on the the field quite a bit man I used to enjoy it a lot and uh, he just wrecked me, man, like bad. Like all purple belts to white belts are gonna do first day, you know? Yeah. And then I knew straight away, like, that's it. That's what I wanted to do, man. So I signed up to jiu-jitsu straight away. And then I got into uh, quite a bit of MMA with Ramel. I was following him around for a long time, man. And then ended up meeting a couple of black belts. And that's when it really hit for me. Like jiu-jitsu is something you could definitely do forever. And mm. it's definitely like, I knew then straight away, I was like, okay. I want to get to that, you know, I want to be that black belt level, not just the black belt, the black belt symbolizes something, but for me, it's the skill level, you know, I just want mm. to be, be able to do whatever I want to do on the mat, you know, and not, you know, but, so that's pretty much how it started, man, was, uh, fell into it, really. Yeah. 
Were you motivated early on? You said early on when you were starting out, was the black belt kind of like the motivation? And, uh, and did that shift over time as you got deeper? Not, not really, man. Like, yes and no. Like, of course, when you get your tips or your new belt, you're ecstatic and you, you get to go. But not really. Like, hmm. I always wanted to have my jiu-jitsu be at a competent level for any gym in the world, you know? Like, hmm. there's obviously going to be rooms that that are so talented, the blue belts and the purple belts are going to put beatings on black belts, you know? That's just... That's just how it is. I'm mm. on, I, there's different levels to this game, even at the black belt. But I just wanted to be able to go and be able to train, you know, and, and be able to hang and not, and that's it. So that was my main, main motivating factor, man, and it still is. I just every day want to get better. You know, I'm not too worried about anything else. When I got closer to the black belt, definitely it was one of those things like, man, I'm, I'm probably going to be a black belt. I've been thinking about this for a long time. Mm. Does it, it creep up on you? It did, man. It, <laughs> it, it, it kind of did, yeah. Especially my, like the situation where, where I was in. I was actually, when I got my brown belt, I had to move gyms and then I didn't really have a gym. So there was a period there where I had dedicated so much time to jiu-jitsu. And, like I didn't go to uni. I didn't do an apprenticeship. Like I knew that, that that's what I was going to do. I was all in. Yeah. But I didn't have a gym. So I was training like with some mates in my garage or we'd drop in places and stuff. So there was a time there where I was like, am I even going to get my black belt? Like, mm. wh- who's it going to come from? Where is it going to come from? And then luckily enough, one of my mates owned a gym in Northbridge, uh, NRT. And Ed, who gave me my black belt, uh, was a backpacker staying just down the road. And my mate called me, man, there's a black belt here. He's about your size. You come and train. So I was like, yeah, cool. Went down there. And then me and Ed just clicked from day one, man. So it was probably 18 months after that. He gave me my black belt. Yeah. Something like that, maybe 12 months. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was good, man. I found, you know, uh, someone that I could, who I can look up to and, and mentors me and gave me my black belt and gave me the opportunity to do this stuff, really. Mm. So. Is that yeah. like someone that you can still have a relationship with? 100%. Yeah, we're still close. As, like, we're, we're still super close, man. We don't get to train a lot together. We, you know, he's got stuff on, I've got stuff on. We, we train maybe once a week, once a fortnight, we try and get in. But we talk nearly every day, man. We talk about, like, not just jiu-jitsu, life, family, all these different things, man. And that's, that's super important to me to have that kind of relationship because mm. getting your, your black belt is really good too. But who you get it from, I think, is important as well, you know. And I can say I'm... Uh, at Jilson's first black belt and I can say that forever and I'm proud of that mm. you know I just recently gave my first black belt and that's something I gave about gave in the speech you know like to Simon I hope he's proud to get the black belt from me you know mm. I hope he can take that wherever he goes and, and when someone asks you know you, it means something you know you don't just want it, it more I think it happens more at the lower belts people want their blue belt their purple belt but you don't want to get the belt and not be the level no, mm. I think that's worse. Mm. You know, if you're like a competitor or you're like you're really into jiu-jitsu, man. If you're fifty-something years old, you train twice a week. You know, there's going to be different levels, so you can't create expectations. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you can't. You know. So we've got one of my purple belts now, Craig. I think he's sixty. I'm going to say sixty-one, but he could be a bit older than that, right? He's here every night, but I can't grade him or treat him the same as Sam, one of my competitive pebble belts, because mm. they're two different people on two different paths. So if I treated him like Sam, you know, when's he gonna get his brown belt? Well, yeah. It's probably not gonna happen, you know? Yeah. But he's going at his pace, he's working uh, what what does best for him. Yeah, you, know, he's you, training just, want, you just want him to um, realize his potential. Yeah, and, he, and he's doing that, man. And But yeah, exactly, which is what I'm trying to get at. Everybody's different, man. But you wanna be, when you get that next 
belt tip whatever it is man you you want to have that feeling like yeah you earned it yeah like yeah i deserved it you know in a non-arrogant way did you ever feel like any of your belts at any point that maybe it was a little bit early uh black belt all the time man you feel like that i i think because you're constantly evolving you know and the reason i wanted to get the black belt as well is because i wanted to diverse the best guys you know i wanted to make sure i could go to worlds and i'm versing the best guys or qualify for worlds or even in Australia, man, there's so many talented guys around. Like, I wanted to, you know, if you win Blue Belt Worlds, it's amazing. I've never done it. But if you win, it is. But it's not Black all Belt Worlds. <laughs> all the focus is on the Black Belts, right? Yeah, of course. Um, ADCC is obviously a little bit different, but if you're talking IBJJF or whatever. So I always wanted to verse, you know, the best guys. So, yeah, sometimes, man, you come in, maybe you have a bad session or a bad couple of weeks or, man, every time I roll with Will Diaz, I feel like I'm a white belt. Mm. you know what I mean like and we're technically both black belts but we're not like there's there's different levels to this stuff does that mean I can never get to a level where he's at or what he's doing of course not yeah it just takes time and it takes you know dedication and, and all those things but am I there right now no yeah. you know you've got to be realistic about these things too so um, yeah sometimes man it's, it's one of those things but self doubt is, is probably the biggest killer of everybody's dreams you know mm. so I'm a, like, I try and believe in myself as much as possible. I surround myself with people that are going to believe in me. And when I'm like, nah, man, I'm, this is wrong or this is bad, put me back on the right track, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. Is that something yeah. that you're always trying to, like, instill in your own students? Yeah, big time. You know, big time. And you try and, like, nurture and care for them as much as possible. Sometimes you've got to be the bad guy and, and, and tell them exactly how it is, which is how I am pretty much all the time anyway, you yeah. know? Uh, but that's how I was brought up. That's how my journey went as well. Like, if you got a pat on the back, you were like, damn, man, like, you patted me on the back. Like, you know, <laughs> I've, done, I've definitely done something good, you and know? You had a smack on the back. <laughs> yeah, which I got more, more often than not, man. I can definitely tell you some stories, but it's, it's, it's one of those things, man. You, you just got to, everybody's different, like I said, but yeah, you just got to keep at it, man. It's the most important thing. Was there any, um, any like talking about self-doubt and things like that, was there any points in your journey where you started to really like second guess whether to like continue pursuing? Because I know you said you were all in early. Yeah. You didn't have a apprenticeship. You didn't go to uni. Yeah. Were you ever at a point where you're like, fuck, maybe I need to halt this. Yeah. And, and yeah. Pro- really probably that brown belt decisions. period, man. Probably that brown belt period when I didn't have a gym mm-hmm. because it was like that, man. I was working, mm-hmm. you know, I was working in retail, which... I was working with my friends, which was okay, but it, it's not a career for me, you know? And then a lot of my friends are accomplished tradies or have their own business or accountants or lawyers or whatever, you know? So they have an established career. And I would always look at it and be like, well, fuck, what have I done for eight years, you know? Mm-hmm. And then they would be like, oh, but your jiu-jitsu is your degree. Your jiu-jitsu is not But I'm like, yeah, but I've got nothing to show for it, really. Like, I've got medals and I've got, you know, a little bit of money in the bank, but I don't, you know, it's not... Yeah, sustainable where I am right now. So there was a period there, man, where I was like thinking about what I'm going to do. Maybe I should go to uni or join like the fire department or something. You know, get a get a career. Mm. Um, but again, man, I just this knew how bad I wanted it. You know, I knew how passionate I was, and I just knew like no matter what, if it I was going to grind and I was going to make sure it happened and I was going to make like even now, you talk about like when we talk about COVID and people, how'd you go during COVID? I'm like. I'm not one of these people that uh, dwells or stresses too much. Mm. Like I will for a little bit, like a day or so. But then I'm like, okay, what's worst case scenario? And work back from there. Mm. And I do it all the time. Like that's how my my thought process. Oh, this happened. You lost X amount of money. Cool. 
well, now I need to make this amount of money. Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I very rarely just, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good at that. Um, Getting on with it. Exactly, mm. you know, because mm. it's just, I just believe that that's how you gotta get, you gotta go, man. Mm. Or else you're just gonna dwell on things too much and it's gonna make it worse, you know? And we've been lucky as well, Perth. 100%. Like, even though I'm sure small businesses and especially things like jujitsu academies where like cash flow is probably like a, you know, a bit of a problem. Yeah. Our shut like look at Melbourne, they're yeah. still closed. Yeah, so and even more I on mean, that point, man, a lot of people do see like and I sympathize massively with Melbourne. I've got a lot of friends there, but a lot of people think that, you know, okay, this vaccine's coming or this is gonna happen and then it's all gonna be okay and stuff like that. The impact that business owners also look at and specifically talking about jujitsu is what kind of impact is that gonna have on people wanting to get close to each other? Mm. Not just, okay, my business is shut for two months, which is what we were, but one of our biggest dot points in terms of how the business was going to succeed afterwards was, will people come back through the door? Mm. Because the health organization is saying, you know, don't, two meters apart from each other, you know, don't cough near each other, etc. Like all these different things. Well, <laughs> well jiu-jitsu... That's, that's not very, yeah. No. Jiu-jitsu doesn't fit into exactly, any of that. Exactly, you know, and you, yeah. you can't really do jiu-jitsu. You can do solo drills and stuff, but I, I guarantee... 90% of people that are doing those at the moment are realizing like you can't like that's yeah. not how you're going to get to a high level or even improve it's it's good to fill the space at the moment if what you don't have mm. but if you could choose to go to a class or have a training partner it's going to obviously it. that's Tra- the best option exactly you just so, got to make do with what you've got but if you've yeah you need someone else exactly yeah so you know that was one of the big things for us man so even with Melbourne like I'm hoping we saw uh, most gym owners I've spoken to saw a uh, straight away the spike in numbers people straight away you know and I, I kind of relate it back to New Year's Eve syndrome you know or New Year's Day syndrome straight away people are like it's New Year so I'm gonna go and sign up to the gym you know yeah. I'm gonna I've got these goals so I'm gonna do this you know I think we had a little bit of that people saw their freedom and their ability to do tasks they like taken away so they were like I'm not making excuses anymore which is yeah. why we saw a good spike but a spike is only good if you can sustain it, man. Mm. You don't want a spike and then a drop. So um, definitely definitely that's a big factor to look at. The way it's trending, I think we'll be okay in terms of the whole jiu-jitsu community. Mm. I think we're really supportive of each other and people want other gyms to grow and they want the sport to evolve. But time will tell, man. And I mean, I mean, the... It's just, it will continue to grow, man. Yeah. Because like the, the UFC and MMA in general. Yeah, that's, so that played big. a big part, man. So I think Dana White, what he did with the UFC has made, played a massive role in uh, the evolution at the moment of MMA, Jiu-Jitsu, Muay Thai, anything. Because mm. for a little period there, they were the only sport live that was able to run, you know? So people that are just addicted to sport or just want to watch sport can't watch basketball can't watch football can't watch soccer or football if you call it that can't watch these sports mm. well what's on I, st- I still want to see yeah I still want to see yeah I don't want to upset anyone that that loves the word the term football but you know what I mean so they were their eyes were being brought to MMA maybe yeah. if they hadn't before okay so let's google it oh I don't really want to get hit so maybe I'll try jiu-jitsu yeah. oh I don't really want to wrestle so maybe I'll do boxing or Muay Thai so that you know, elevated all aspects of martial arts, not just... I, I think all, they all grow, for sure. Mm. But, but I've said this before, but I think that jiu-jitsu is the most conducive to everyday people. Yeah, yeah. Like, to do, like, wrestling is hard. Yeah, yeah. And kickboxing and kickboxing, I mean, do you want to get punched in the face? Yeah. You've got to be a certain kind of person to be okay with that. Yeah, de- definitely, man. I think jiu-jitsu attracts a certain type of person, a certain type of people. Um, but from what I've seen, man, like, again, I've got friends that own 
boxing gyms or Muay Thai, and they're, they're flourishing too, man. So lucky for WA, I'd say. Yeah, well, shout out to McGowan. Yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> if he wants a free private lesson, bro, hit me up. You're welcome, <laughs> you're welcome to come in and, and take one. I can't give him a private, but if he wants a beer, I'll buy him one. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so what's... um. So, I mean, so far it's been good here, eh? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's grown, man, and it's continuing to grow. So that's the most important part, man. And it's just nice and cozy, man. It's just mm. no no real big frills, man. It's just professional and, and cozy, I'd say, is how I'd describe it. That's what you need to just build on it. Yeah. Just continue to grow. Yeah, the, like the next building will, will, will look for something bigger, man, or look to expand or whatnot. But right now, this is perfect for us. Mm. Yeah. You were talking to me before, I think last night briefly, you were talking about water loading and nutrition and stuff. Can, and you fight dietitian? Yeah, Can cool. You talk, I've, I had a bunch of people, like, people message me and ask me to ask certain things. Like, yeah. not even direct questions to a specific person, but just, or oh, can you talk about strength and conditioning? Yeah, can cool. Can you talk about, yeah. yeah what, have you got any sort of yeah, man, so, info on what that's about? Yeah, so I'm the, I'm the kind of person, man, that if I, if I decide to do something, I go all in. So, like, and I try and outsource as much as possible. So what I mean is, like, I have a strength and conditioning coach. I have a nutritionist. You know, I have mentors that'll help me with my jiu-jitsu game. So you can just focus on improving mm. uh, straight away. You don't have to program everything for yourself. So lately I've been working with the fight dietitian, Jordan Sullivan. Um, he's super active on Insta, Facebook. He has his own podcast, which is super beneficial to people. Uh, he works with Izzy, you know, uh, Adesanya, Volkanovski, mm. Brad Riddell. Uh, Josh Coolabau was talking about it. Exactly, Josh Coolabau. All the, like, his roster is ridiculous, man. They're, they're, especially coming out of, like, Australia and New Zealand. He's got the who's who, you know, of, of everybody. Um, I decided to work with him maybe four, five months ago, man, just because, like, I just felt like that was the biggest part of my, my game, per se, that was lacking, was my nutrition. So mm. I was like, I need an expert. Um, and working with him has been incredible, man. He plans out the whole week. He plans out um, what I'm supposed to be eating. I'm allergic to a lot of things, man. So I'm allergic to chicken, fish, eggs, and nuts. Yeah, exactly. So your main source is a protein. And, you know, he's able to cater for me where I've been in probably the best shape physically I've, I've ever been in. You know, I'm walking around at 75, 74, 75 kilos, uh, which I haven't done in a long time, you know, especially as I'm getting older, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, the water loading, we're just doing that this week. We're doing a mock competition week per se. So eating what I would eat if I was competing this week and seeing how much uh, weight I can drop on a water load. So I've been using the toilet like nonstop, man. Yeah, um, yeah. How, so how much water do you actually have to drink a day to, to So eight and a half for the first three. Eight and, and a half litres. Yeah, eight and a half, yeah. So it is a, it is a bit of a task to get in, man. Don't drown yourself. No, it is. It, honestly, you get to a point where you're like starting to drink the water and you're like... But to be fair, it's a lot better than what I was doing, man. Dehydrating myself and like being desperate for water, you know. Mm. Um, but eight and a half liters for three days, and then uh, Thursday, Friday is down to four, and then down to one and a half, I think. So all it's really doing, man, is flushing your, your system out. Um, you are dropping water weight, so my training will be a bit off this week in terms of um, being at full capacity because you, you are dehydrating a little energy bit. Energy levels and things like that. Yeah, and yeah. Not, not too bad so far, man. I think Wednesday, Thursday will be a little bit worse. Um, but yeah, it's just a test, man. And this is what I mean in terms of taking things to the next level. Like, we don't have any comps coming up. I've got nothing planned. You know, everything is, uh, funnily enough, over, over east that I plan to do or want to do. Um, so the borders aren't open. Mm. But for us to do it now, it's one, it's harder because... I, d- I don't have a deadline, you know? So mm. if I wanted to eat chocolate, I could 
eat it. There's no real ram- ramifications, you know. I'm not going to miss weight. Yeah. Uh, but secondly, it gives us a really good, uh, like a lot of information to go, okay, when I do really need to make weight or when I really do need to make sure everything's tight and he has a base level to work on there, man. And, he knows um, how to adjust it either way. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, he has guys working for him now, so I'm sure he they would be taking on more clients, like hit him up. I'm pretty sure he's full because he scraped me in, um, but don't quote me on that. But he's the kind of guy, man, like fight week was two weeks ago for them. And like I said, Izzy, Brad Riddell, Kai Kara France and Shane Young were all on the card. He still called me on Monday. Hey, how you doing? Mm. Like, how's this feeling? Well, let's try this. We're going to do this. Uh, dude, you're on Fire Island. Like, you do not. I don't have any comps coming up. You don't need. To, like, if I didn't hear from him for two weeks, it would not bother me because I'm mm. like, cool. He's focused on what he's doing. Superstars, yeah. you know, like people that are that are, are paying real, real big money to do this stuff, and he would still put the effort in. To me, that that's ridiculous. Like, I, you know what I mean? It shows the mm. dedication he has to so what he's doing. Is other, uh, I know jo- when I was talking to Josh, he was saying he had actual meal plans. So he was, the food was delivered. Can do, yeah. Are, so are you, is he just giving you a nutrition plan and then you just, go and buy it and yes, cook it? Yeah, yeah. only because the, I think they use a lot of a company called TikTok Nutrition, but they don't deliver to WA. Right. So the first six weeks, man, I did. We, we made our own meals and stuff. And then um, I was getting a little bit bored. Not bored, but like I was having a, what we call taco salad for lunch, which is exactly that. So it's like a taco, but... Uh, not in a wrap, you know, you yeah. crack the tortilla shells, shells and beef mince and no seasoning in that, I mean, like no sauce in that. So it's a bit bland, right? Yeah. So then I spoke to him and was like, hey, I know you do this with your athletes over east. If I found that something that was similar over here, could I do that? And we did. So I ended up getting some muscle chef meals, like buying them, obviously, and just supplementing those in. So he was able to work around not only my allergies, but, you know, okay, this is, I can't, this is a bit hard exactly this is like not so much hard man it's just like repetitive and you're just like you know you want something different you want to taste something different so um, so yeah I think he definitely like he can do that kind of stuff too man he's he's so passionate about what he does I doubt there's there's nothing he couldn't do man Mm. you know and it's it's such a refreshing thing to see like it's nutrition is one of those things that's so difficult yeah and it's like I mean you know, you, you're talking about it from the perspective of someone who runs a full-time academy. You're an active competitor. You want to be, you know, at, you know, prime performance, not yeah. just for competition, but so you can show up and do this six yeah, days a week and, yeah. and have longevity in doing that. Yeah, 100%. Right? you still, and all the gyms in Perth and around Australia and Sydney and whoever listens, have, like, everyday people that have full-time jobs yep. and they just want to, like, you know, lose a little bit of weight yeah. or get some direction on... Yeah, I I, I am a big advocate, man. If you have the the means and ability to to do it, seek a professional. Mm. You know, like you you come to a jiu-jitsu academy to learn from someone that knows more than you. You know what I mean? Most people. Obviously, Mm. obviously if there's multiple black belts there or whatever, you can learn from everybody. But what I mean is like, do I know about nutrition? Yeah. Do I know what food is good for me and what's not? Yeah, I've been an athlete for 20 years, you Mm. know, like... Yes. You can give Do, guidance, get people on the right path. Yeah, but and, is there is there someone yeah. that knows more than me? 100%. Mm. So I'm not afraid to ask them, you know, for help or for guidance or work with them. You know, bulletproof for BJJ, do my strength and conditioning. You know, I've done powerlifting in the past. My cousin is a uh, multiple-time state national champ. I won a state title at one point, man. I know how to lift weights. You know, I've, again, I've been in the gym my whole life. Mm. They know more than me. They know better than I do in certain areas. 
so I will trust them. You know what I mean? I've never felt better, stronger. Yeah. You know, I'm nowhere close to what I was lifting when I was actively powerlifting and competing in powerlifting. But on the mat, I'm way, I feel way stronger. You know, my submissions are tighter. They're, you know, I get a position and I can control the position. You know what mm. I mean? But I do the same with my jiu-jitsu. You know, I spoke about Will Diaz before. I've done multiple privates with Will. And he's a local guy. Uh, we're in different weight classes, but we can match up at one point in an open division or maybe if they merge divisions together. But he's a lot better than I am. So I want to learn, you mm. know. Lachlan Giles, I've done privates with him. You know, same thing, similar weight class, could match up. I fought his students before, still share information. Which when COVID was on, I did a couple of privates with JT Torres. You know, I'm not afraid to, if I don't know something, to find out or to mm. try and better myself. And I think that's a big issue a lot of people have, is they're too scared to ask for help or too scared of what other people think if you ask for help. Yeah, like if, if, I, if I get a private off Will Diaz, does that mean he's above me? Yeah, and, or, or and that or like, you know, like another black belt asking a black belt for a private. Does that mean I'm not a, a, a legit black belt? No. Yeah. Like, it just means you can put your ego aside to recognise that but, he has something he can offer you. That, that's it, man. But yeah. the other thing as well, man, like too much, people put too much emphasis on what other people think or other people care about. Yeah. And I have an immediate circle that I'll go to with, with different stuff, right? Outside that circle, man, I don't care. You can call me what you want. You can do what you want. It, do, it doesn't affect me day to day, you know? And this came about mostly, man, when I had my daughter. Because then I had to realize, how do I teach her about the world? What do I, how do I want her to navigate her own path and keep her as safe as possible? She obviously has to learn certain things. But as a father, I want to, like, nurture how, how her. How old is your daughter? She's four. Four. Okay. Yeah. So, and this is one of these things, man. I can't stop her from being bullied. I'm a black belt in jiu-jitsu, I've done this, blah, blah, blah. I can't. She yeah. goes to daycare or she goes out with her friends when she's older, I can't stop it. But I can teach her how to deal with certain people around her, put certain people around her to make her more comfortable. So that made me think, well, why do I care what other people think, man? It's mm. not on me. They don't affect me day to day. Like it doesn't, it literally affects nothing. It doesn't affect my cash flow. It doesn't affect me getting matches. It affects nothing, man. Yeah, so it only affects it if you give it energy. Exactly. And so, I used to, I used to have the same reservations. You know, we we all do in different aspects of our life. And even one was starting this, like, oh, what would other people think? Exactly. And then I was like, yeah. Oh, I might offend people. Yep. And then it got to a point where it's like, man, I don't give a fuck. Exactly. And <laughs> I'm, I'm a huge believer, man. I talk to this, talk about this weekly, all the time. I'm a big believer in you do what, as long as it's not hurting someone or mm. people, you do whatever makes you happy, man. Yeah. So we, we spoke about this off uh, the microphone before, man. Like, I literally just like to train jiu-jitsu. You know, you, it's 30 degrees today. I don't want to go to the beach. I want to come to class. I want to train. That's mm. what I like to do. Hey, you got a day off. What do you want to do? I want to train. Yeah. You know, I don't wake up and and run or do my conditioning or do my sprints trying to prove something to someone like I do it because I enjoy it and because mm. I want to better myself it has nothing to do with anybody else I'll do it forever like I'm not that's just how I'm I'm made up you know mm. and if it makes you happy then then so be it man who am I to say that because you like to read a s certain book that oh you shouldn't do that that's stupid or because you like to do this you, oh you shouldn't do that it's stupid like Man, if it works for you, exactly. Yeah, you know, keeps got, your head in the right space. Man, I got friends like friends that you, like you would look twice at in the street and be like, oh, "Fuck, who's that guy?" Like, that love gardening. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what they love to do, man. They're they're probably not the the best people in terms of what they do, but that's what they love to do, man. They love to garden. Who am I to say, "Oh, man, you're this because you like to garden"? No, bro, do what makes you happy. Like, hmm. 
that's some, like I find that's so important man. and that's what I'm trying to like pass on to my daughter as well you know like she does jiu-jitsu but she now started dancing because she was really really wants to do dancing cool well let's go to dancing like mm. you don't you don't have to I'm not forcing her to do jiu-jitsu because I love it she found something she loves at a young age so why not let her try it and expand from there so and it's not like she can escape jiu-jitsu anyway nah like, I get, that'll be in her life yeah, that, that is something I get asked a lot man she never has to compete she never has to be a competitor like anything she she does need to learn though I think the world especially for uh, women and don't take that in the in a feminist way I do believe you, you're strong and independent but I think at the moment if women don't know self-defense it can be a pretty pretty hard thing you mm. know so for her she needs to know how to defend herself that's number one yeah you know probably my best student in here man in terms of technical uh ability is uh a recent purple belt bear bam she's 52 kilos but if you match technique for technique with her she'll kill you it's when she's 52 kilos when people outstrength her sure she has trouble but technique for technique she's incredible so first purple belt female right Yes, for the gym, yeah, mm. yeah, for sure, man. So congratulations. Yeah, thank That's you. That's a big belt to get. To. Yeah, especially like yeah, we we spoke about this in a grading, you know, like purple belt is a massive belt anyway, but females to stick it out like that is it shows so much dedication and courage, man, which is which is great. And she she runs the women's program here, man. She has full control of that. Like I don't I don't touch it at all, man. She she has control of that. So she's she's building up a real strong, solid team of women at the moment who some compete some don't but but that's a big aspect of the gym man that I, I wanted to make sure was in place because of my daughter and my ex-partner used to train too so like the w- women in in essence is, is massive for me mm. um so yeah so she's doing that man so she's a, a perfect role model you know and she's she's a beast when she competes too you know she hasn't been able to compete in her weight class in probably over 12 months man she's always put in the 69 or the 64 kilo division Never complains, just still goes in, does her thing. Like, just goes there and murks some people. Yeah, right. Well, she, <laughs> she definitely has some tough matches, man, but she definitely like holds her own. And like, bro, if you if I said to you like you told me you're 72 kilos, but I was like, yeah, that's cool, man. Now you have to sign up at medium heavyweight. Yeah. And you'd be like, why? I'm like, because you have to. It's the same disadvantage in weight. You yeah. know, you'd be like, I'm not doing that, man. Like, I can make lightweight. Why wouldn't I just compete at lightweight? You know. But she, for for her, it's like, okay, it is what it is. I'm only going to get matches if. If, yeah, if I, I want to compete, and if I want to compete, then I have to go have up. To so it, yeah. yeah, so that's a good thing, man. Yeah, yeah. but it's like a part of it's, you know, you have to roll with people of different sizes in the gym. I know it's not the same yep. on competition. Yeah, you know, but like today, I think I was the smallest guy here. Yep, yep, for right? sure. So, so I was rolling with everyone that was bigger than me. And, and that that is a good uh, going back to business side of things too, man. That's one thing we try and do a lot here at Essence is everybody is able to roll with everybody mm. do you know what i mean you you don't i don't have to separate the room into over 80 or under 80 because my 100 kilo guys will roll comfortably with you if you're less because if they don't man i'm going to talk to them mm. or i'm going to show them if they don't understand i'm going to show them you know i'm going to i'm not afraid to pull you aside and be like hey man you, you're going too rough or you're too hard or you're doing this you know for the sake of saving your membership no the community is way more important mm, so culture and everything yeah going back to the, the women men we started a women's program we had like on a Saturday it'd be 12 women in the class right now there's you know 7 or 8 it's not because they're left it's because they they're now spread out through the whole gym they'll mm. come on a Monday or a Tuesday or whatever day they're not they don't pigeon themselves into women's class because 
they're okay to roll with everybody in the gym. Mm. They know they're not going to get hurt. And if somebody does something they don't like, they can trust that they can speak to me and I'll fix it. You know, so mm. I think that's massive for gyms, man. I've been to gyms where like you just don't feel comfortable. Like someone's going to headhunt you or everyone comes after you. And like, it's okay now at a black belt level when you're like, most people are going to, most yeah. people are going to want to roll hard with you, you know, but if you're a white or blue belt, 70 kilos, male or female, it doesn't matter. Like it can be a pretty daunting thing and it can cause people to want to stop training, you know? Mm. So you got to like protect that, the, I guess the culture of what you, yeah. what you want your gym to look like. Exactly. Man. If you don't want it to be like that, sure, people can come and just smash each other. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, man. Like you, you saw today, like we had, you know, eight people here or whatever. It was tough rounds. Like we mm. can still have tough training. We have guys that will tear each other apart and I'm all for it, man. I love hard training. I, if I had to come in and, and flow, unless I was injured or it was like a recovery day, I probably wouldn't do it, man. Mm. I just like, I like to train. I like to train hard. But we have guys like that. But those same guys could roll 100% with me and then roll with Bam Bam and play technical. Mm. But that, you got to grow that. It has to come from the top. You have to make sure that not just me, my other black belts, my brown belts, my purple belts, they're instilling that too, mm. which is important. That's important. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, it's important. What's, so you got, how many, how many females do you have in your academy now? Uh, all up, man, probably between 12 and 15, around that number, man. That's a good number. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it is like, um, they're not obviously all on the mat at the same time, but we, we do we have built that up really well, man. And again, like I said, Bam Bam has only just recently taken that over, probably the last three months. And I feel that it's thriving, it's getting better. Mm. Not just in numbers, but in terms of the quality as well. You know, the girls are really starting to create their own little... Um, click I'd say not that they don't talk to anyone else but you hear I, I lift weights on a Saturday morning when their women's class is on and they're laughing and joking they're catching up and stuff like that it's great to see you know it's mm. great to see them enjoying themselves yeah and I think they relate better to Bam Bam because she is a female yeah you know she's been through what they're going through at the moment like in terms of rolling with certain people or certain uh, styles or weight disadvantages whatever it is you know she's you know, it's not just coming from me that's been like, oh, yeah, I did that. Or, you know, it's oh, more it'll, relatable. It'll right? get better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because they're females and they're small, like her, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So when they, yeah, it makes sense. Um, I remember talking episode I did with Lee Berger, and he has like over 50% of his gym is yeah. female. And that yeah. blew me away. Yeah, man. man. I was it's like, a, what? He, he does an incredible job with it, man. Yeah. Like, you see their, their posting all the time, or you see them at the, the competitions, man. Uh, they, had, they held a women's only open mat not long ago that Bam Bam went to and she said, you know, she felt really welcome and, and things like that, man. That's, it's so good for the sport, man. And it's so good for the community too, mm. to have gyms like that, to have gyms like Lee's that, you know, they do have majority of females. Perfect. Mm. You know what I mean? That's, that's amazing. Yeah. He's, and he's found, I guess he found his not niche there, but like sort of built, built a environment like yep. that. And then he was saying that a lot of the, um, like when he does seminars and stuff, it's, yep. it'll always be uh, females that he'll yeah. get in to do it. Yeah, so they, they definitely had Fionn Davies here, who's ridiculous, and, and Liv Giles, same thing, man, too, off the top of my head. Again, man, creating more opportunities for not just his gym, but for the whole community in WA. Mm. Like, it's such a good thing, man. You know, it's WA is so small and isolated by itself. It can be very political at times, mm. but it doesn't need to be, in my opinion. You know, like... I implore my students, go train. Mm. Like, go see other gyms, man. This might not be the gym for you. Like, you may love it. You may not. I don't think this gym's for everybody. Mm. But 
if it's not man find another gym like just keep training as long as you keep training like that's the most important thing you know and that's the way to be too when you people come through if, if it's not working out or whatever yeah man like, you know, like you can send them packing or you can yeah keep, like I, keep them on the path i i definitely like we definitely preach that here man and you like my students will still ask they'll still be respectful and say hey man can i go to so-and-so's gym today or hey can i go to this class and the answer is always yes mm. it's never no you know if anything it's it's going uh learn something and teach me you know mm. let me know how it went like what did you learn like because i want to learn too you know i got that a lot from robert drysdale man i spent a lot of time at his gym and a lot of time with him personally and he was like that you know he'd have his black belt being like oh man i'm going to san diego for the week i'm going to go train at atos and you'd hear drysdale cool man bring back some techniques or bring back some you know like he was never like no you can't train there no we have a zenith affiliate right down the road you have to go there he was like no bro like you train it's your journey you train where you want to train you train and you just make sure you're improving you know and we have that a lot man like guys will go and train at other gyms and come back and be like oh he did it this way because of this and how cool like let's have a little play with it and see how it feels exactly you know Do you have what? Who are your big uh, like in positive influences throughout your sort of journey? Yeah, cool. So I was very lucky, man. I, I got I, I got to meet a lot of people and train with a lot of people, man. So uh, Egon Cassiano uh, Cunha were my first two black belt coaches. After I, uh, when I stopped with Romel MMA to just do jiu-jitsu, I was like I was under their wing. Mostly Igor, man. We got a real good bond. And then Admar Barboza. Unfortunately, to the new school, not a lot of people are probably going to know him. But he beat Cron Gracie, he, uh, he's fought everybody, man. At one time, he was top three impassable guards in the whole world. Like, his resume is ridiculous. Yeah. His highlight clip is ridiculous. Go and check it out. He doesn't compete anymore. But right. uh, I was lucky enough at White Belt to meet him, man. And he took me under his wing. I went to live with him in uh, Washington and Vegas multiple times. He got his black belt from Drysdale. So that's how I met Robert Drysdale. So I got to spend a lot of time with him, man. Uh, I was living there for like three or four months roughly uh, in 2015. And in the same room, we had uh, Rene Lopez, who's Mikey Musumeki's main training partner. Uh, we had Hanado Canudo, who just sets the world on fire at the moment. We had Philippe Andrew, who's probably the best. So just monsters. Monsters, man. We were, I was a purple belt, they were purple belts, Rene was a brown belt. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying we're on the same level, we definitely weren't. But this is the kind of room and environment that I was in, man. To see those guys, Kavat, uh, Kavaka was there, you know, a guy, Ricardo Ramos, who is in the UFC at the moment. Um, the list goes on, man. I could keep going. So, like, I was exposed to that style of training, those kind of type of people. So, reverting back to what you said about, you know, self-doubt and, and things like that, like, I I still talk to Hernando now. I go back. He's, you know, world champ. He's just got bronze at Pan Ams on the weekend. Like, he's Kasai double champ. Like, all these things, right? Yeah. Match of the year with Gary Toner at ADCC. I know, I, I've trained with him. We were the main. He was. We were together for three months straight, and he beat the shit out of me every single day, every day. I don't think I scored a point on him ever. But what I mean is, I can see the level, and I can see what it takes, and I understand like, it is achievable as long as you put the time and effort in. Like, mm. you have to be realistic. Are you doing the right things? You know, and again, it circles back. And you like get, are you strength you and conditioning? Know. Are you nutrition in place? Are you sleeping well? What are your distractions? You know, mm. like it's all these things. He he doesn't, man. He doesn't party and do all that stuff. He's focused on exactly what he's trying to do. You mm. know, you'll find most of those guys are. You know, so 
Uh, I was very lucky in that regard, man. Still talk to those guys, still talk to, to Drysdale whenever I can. Admire, I talk to all the time. Uh, Igor, same thing, man. So those are probably your, your main ones that really influenced me uh, and definitely how I coach and how I treat my students and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Like monkey see, monkey do? Pretty much, man. I just follow their lead, you know, yeah. follow their lead. A lot of what the coaching style I have in here and the, the setups and stuff are theirs. You know, a lot of techniques I still teach are from them, you know. Mm. Uh, a lot of guard stuff comes from Admar. Like I said, he had an amazing spider guard, lasso, like all that kind of stuff, man. Do you, do you follow a curriculum at all? Or how, how do you usually No, month, month by training? month, man. So we do uh, a topic for a whole month. So... <clears throat> Usually it's the same gear, no gear, but this month I've broken it up. So in the gear, we, we're doing a lot of collar sleeve stuff. No gear, we're doing a lot of back takes. Right. Um, you know, next month might be passing reverse de la Hiva or, or something, you know. I took that from Drysdale. Drysdale did that, man. Drysdale would, would structure something for a month mm. and we're, we're focused on that whole position for the whole month. So let's take close guard, right? Or half guard, it makes it a little bit easier. We're going to look at passing half guard. We're going to look at sweeping from half guard, we're gonna look at attacks from half guard, we're gonna look at back takes, we're gonna look at knee shield with the half guard, we're gonna look at lasso with the half guard, like everything to do with half guard. You know, we do a lot of specific training from half guard for that whole month. So you, you're not just learning one technique and then not getting to implement it. Mm. You're able to implement it straight away in specific training, but then you follow the same kind of uh, schedule the whole month because you might only make two sessions one week, man. And then the next week, oh, now I'm teaching spider guard. Mm. But you didn't understand half guard. But now I'm going to spider guard. Yeah. You're like, oh, fuck, well, what do I do? You know, so, and we have that. We have a lot of FIFO members in here, man. So it's difficult for them to follow the program because they're away for two weeks and they come back. Come back and it's a whole new topic. Exactly. Yeah. So at least now they get a little bit of consistency. Yeah. So that's what we do in here, man. It, it seems to work. Like it, people enjoy it. I enjoy teaching it. Mm. Um, that that way, you know. I, I like the idea of, like, I think like obviously curriculum's good. And the gym I was from in Sydney had a curriculum, and I thought that was and it was a great curriculum, yep. a good way to learn because it really highlighted like the strategy yep. as well because it was sort of taught week to week in a way that kind of like built what what the game is. Yeah. So like it made sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then obviously you're sort of the way you're doing it's deep diving for a month on a topic yeah. and that's another way to really soak up yeah man. and it's, again that's just the, the style I found that's not just work for me but work for mm. like my my students that have been with me for a long time and that man but we also do something in here every fortnight uh, if not every three weeks it's, it's just called Q&A which is exactly what it is question and answer mm. whereas I'll literally just open the floor to anybody to ask any question about the topic that they want so it doesn't even have to be about the technique that I taught yesterday or blah, blah, blah. It can be anything to do with back takes, a problem you're having. So what that does, man, is it gets people thinking more. So I like to ask a lot of questions when I'm teaching. Like, oh, I'm going to get a cross-collar grip. Why would I get this grip before the sleeve grip? Mm. And, and get the answers from the students. And then if the answer doesn't come, I'll explain why I would do this, etc. But a Q&A session, man, it gives the people the floor and it gives them the opportunity to not only learn the technique, but be able to teach it as well. Mm. Because it's specific to their question you know what I mean so like I said before I'm a big advocate on people getting private lessons because um, you can work on yourself yeah and you can work on your specific game Q&A uh, is a good opportunity for people that might not be able to afford private lessons or might not have the time for private lessons to, to answer that quick like get their question answered and then if it's something I could do with a technique then I'll teach the technique and the whole class will drill it mm. Or if it's just something I can verbally say to you, hey man, I do this because of this and you just need to watch out for this, 
then I'll just answer it verbally and then we'll move on. But mm. I found that just works really well. Yeah, I found that works really well, man, because people, they're thinking more, you know, mm. they're more engaged. It's good to have a, it's good to have a class like that. I know yeah. um, my last gym called it um, lab class. Cool. Same, yeah. Q&A. Yeah, perfect. And even Kaizen does the same thing. Yeah. Same, just... Oh, kind of like open map questions and then yeah perfect man yeah. and and I also because then you're out of the con- sorry because no, then it, then you get out of the context of the instructor instructing yeah but it's the students kind of like you know I've been having problems with you know every time I try and do this pass someone's posting on my shoulder exactly like, yeah what and do I do you find as well a lot of the time man that the questions someone asks everybody has yeah yeah you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh this person posts here and I can't deal with it what do I do six or seven other people have that same question you yeah. know like it's one of those things that there's. An, I always say there's no silly question that I've asked stupid questions all the time, you mm. know. But sometimes, like a grip change for me, it could change everything. So, if I think it's a, like if a small question for me could be a big question for a white or a blue belt, like it's not, and they might think it's stupid. It's not, you know. Mm. It's, it's only stupid if you don't ask. And you don't know exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So what's um? I was gonna say. Uh, your strength and conditioning, you touched a little bit on the nutrition yep. what, and you obviously powerlifting. What does your strength and conditioning look like now compared to back then yeah. when you were lifting for cool. a different purpose? Completely different, man. So back then I was training three, four times a way a day, lifting, like three, four times a week, sorry, lifting heavy, you know, following a powerlifting program, trying to get max lifts, you know. I got my lifts to a pretty, uh, a pretty good point for like a jiu-jitsu guy, not for like an elite powerlifter or anything like that, but mm. I was pretty happy with my lifts. But it didn't really cross over too much for me into jiu-jitsu, you know? It wasn't really that much stronger. But now I work with Bulletproof for BJJ. Um, brown belt and black belt from, from over east, man, Sydney and Melbourne. And all it is, man, is, is two sessions a week, 30 to an hour max, depending on how much rest time I take between uh, my sets. And it's just a lot of kettlebell stuff, a lot of barbell stuff, but specific to jiu-jitsu and movements, man, and specific to your mobility. I feel my mobility's increased heaps. I'm the least flexible person in the world. I can't touch my toes. Mm. But when I play guard, I can invert. My mobility is quite well, you know? Like, it's completely different. So, same thing, man. I just needed something that I could come in and go, okay, after day class on Tuesday, I've got an hour to lift. Look at the schedule. Okay, I'm doing this today. You know, and then track the progress. I've been there with them. I met them after I competed at subversion in september i met joey literally after subversion man and we kind of just had a chat and mm. he was like i think i can help you i, like, f- I follow his stuff on yeah Instagram, exactly and yeah. he was just like i think i can help man and like i'd love to work with you and i was like yeah let's fuck it let's do it you know and then i started to, to implement it and just make it a big part of what i do every week man so i don't miss a session you know um so are you online and he's there with you when you're doing so it or is it just the program so they, they, they have the program online man they have different options they have home options gym options kettlebell only mm. um mobility only like all these all these different options man but uh joey and and um and uh fuck jt sorry uh accessible all the time man you know and that's a big thing too like i could be lifting at, at 10 30 but i don't understand what the movement is and the videos are there but i'm just too dumb to to pick it up so i send joey a message hey man I'm, i think i'm doing this wrong cool send me a video film it send it and you analyze it yep you need to do this you know every time i put up a story man joey or jt will be like bro you got to fix this you need to fix this <laughs> honestly bro like i tag bulletproof and like <laughs> i tag so- well it honestly is that straight back like, okay this is looking better man this is improved or nah bro you you're hunching too much or you yeah. know you're not you kettlebell clean needs work you know 
like all these things. And they're constantly putting out information to help people, man. I try and surround myself with people that want to help. Yeah. You know, I I pay for the service. You know, they're not they don't. It's not free. I pay for it, and I don't feel like they just want my money. Mm. You know what I mean? I paid the flight dietitian. I gave him money, mm. but I don't feel like he just did it because of the money. Mm. You know, he's actually doing the service that you ask, and he cares about it. You know, he cares about your results. They care about mm. your results. You know, mm. not just how heavy can you lift. You know, like I said my deadlift then compared to now is worlds apart but I'm, I feel stronger on the mat I feel better if that mm. makes sense so, it's like different different requirements right jiu jitsu compared to powerlifting it's yeah and, it's, and like different. I said man it's two sessions a week so mm. I'm not gassed so the problem I'd have when I was powerlifting so you're, you're actually only lifting twice a week yeah that's yeah. it yeah and the problem I was having with powerlifting man was I'd go do a heavy squat or a heavy dead or whatever it was and then I'd be fucked for training that night because I just blew it when I was lifting so that's counterproductive because my goal is to get better at jiu-jitsu. Mm. But if I can't roll or I can't implement what I'm trying to work because I'm too tired from squatting, it's counterproductive. Mm. So, yeah, I had to fix that. So. But that's something, I think that's a balance that people, a lot of people tr- are trying to learn. Yeah. You know, so many people that do jiu-jitsu, they're like, I need to get bigger, I need to get stronger. No, you need to be technical. Yeah, 100%, and man. your strength think, and conditioning can help improve everything. For sure. I think, it, it, like everything, man, comes down to the individual. But I always tell people, man, like, if you can make jiu-jitsu class six days a week, you should be in jiu-jitsu class six days a week. You'll get stronger, mm. okay? If you can make three jiu-jitsu classes, but you can make the gym four times, then do that because you're still training. Do you know what I mean? But mm. you should never substitute a jiu-jitsu session for weights or, or something like that. Unless you've already, like, you've got a, a fully programmed, like, okay, this is your day you're having rest from jiu-jitsu and you're going to lift weights, okay? That's a, that's sure. But what I mean is, like, if I know I can make Monday, Wednesday, Friday jiu-jitsu and I get to Wednesday and I'm like, oh, I feel like doing deadlifts mm. and I don't go to jiu-jitsu class, then, it's again, it's counterproductive because your jiu-jitsu is going to make you better. People ask all the time, how do I get better at jiu-jitsu? Do jiu-jitsu. <laughs> like, literally, it's it's the simplest thing to do. Yeah. Just keep doing jiu-jitsu. Outside, outside of the mats, obviously on the mats is one thing, but what, what sort of stuff are you doing outside of the mats to stay onto it? Are you watching tape on Yeah, I, stu- I study a lot, man. I try to study a lot. We're pretty lucky this day and age to have, like, BJJ Fanatics with all their instructionals, mm. and YouTube is so accessible, and privates like i said i try and study a lot but specific again so i'll block six weeks out and go okay i'm gonna work on you know half guard this month so or the six weeks so, so you'll study like just half guard. Yeah. yeah well everything that pertains to half guard you know so like a while ago i was working on knee slices well if i'm playing guard i now need to work back to getting into a good knee slice position so how do i get what guard is going to help me most with that? Or what, what setups do I use now that will get me back straight into a knee slice position? Mm. So I go a little bit further than just like, okay, this specific position. But uh, yeah, definitely, man, study. I watch, I love watching jiu-jitsu. Like I watched the Pan Ams all weekend, you know, and I still love one dude winning by advantage. You know, mm. like I know it, it can be boring and it, it definitely it definitely can be. But I understand as well, like being out, being having rolled with so many high level guys, I understand how difficult it is to score or to submit someone. You know, a whole grip can change everything, you know? Mm. So like, I still appreciate, you know, them kind of not stalling, but being there, like playing their game. I enjoy strategy is probably the better way to put it. You know, I enjoy watching people's strategy. Okay. Mm. On the weekend, man, you had uh, a guy, Ronaldo Jr. fight a guy called, uh, or compete against a guy called Lucas Valenci. 
Lucas has never had his guard pass at black belt. Ronaldo doesn't stop. He's a completely obsessive guard passer, exciting dude, right? Yeah. So this is a matchup people yep. looking forward to. Well, yeah. Lucas is usually lightweight. Ronaldo is usually a middleweight. But Lucas went up to middleweight. Bro, that would, for me, I was like, I want to see this. Because I want to, can he pass? Or what is he going to do? Not just to pass, but to score, to win this match. Mm-hmm. When Lucas does never, usually never gets scored on, right? And he ended up did. He passed with a, a pretty simple... Looked simple, uh, like Toriander to North South, which obviously it wouldn't have been simple. But what I mean is like the strategy for me was perfect. Like he must have known coming in that this was this was going to work. I'm going to get this position because if you go against a guy that's never had the guard pass before, straight away you can be like, well, I need to play guard or I need to wrestle because I'm not going to pass. But mm. he accepted Lucas playing guard and was like, no, I'm I'm going to pass. So for me that like. You know, the match went to points. Like, it wasn't like a spinning back kick that you saw in the UFC on the weekend that's going everywhere, you know, which yeah. is why. Or the man Jack Dallas KO on the weekend. Like, oh, yeah. these these things, right? Super exciting. But I still get excited with the, the gi stuff, you know, the, the stalling gi mm. stuff. Like, it's not... I see this, the small intricacies, and I, I do like it, you know? Yeah. That's nice. And then, so you, you watch... You actually watch competitive matches to, like study those for yourself more people yeah yeah oh both both but again more people so i I like to study people man so like again if i'm focused on knee slice i might watch a heap of lucas lepre footage because he uses knee slice a lot you know if i'm if i'm playing collar sleeve i'm probably going to look at the lighter guys you know how to the meows play this position or etc you know if i'm focused on nogi i've got a nogi competition coming up maybe i'll look at Lockie giles you know i'll study a certain person and watch mostly a lot of their match footage Unless there is like a competition on. Then mm. if there's like Pan Ams or Worlds or whatever, ADCC, then cool, I'll watch all the matches. But usually I'm specifically looking for, for certain things. Yeah, that's important. That, that's good because I've like, it's good to hear that because I've been the last sort of six to eight months like more specific focus on different positions. Yeah. And I've noticed my game yeah, like, improving from that. 100%. And I, like I don't try and like take everything out of an instructional or a match. You know, if I can get one small detail, you know, that's... It's a game changer. You mm. know, those, that's what I'm looking for. The little white ball. I might watch, you know, you might, exactly. I might watch two hours and get 30 seconds of footage that I'm like, okay, that's, that's me. I'm going to do that for the next six weeks. Yeah. You know what I mean? I yeah. didn't waste, you know, an hour and 59 minutes and 30 seconds. No, it was worth it to get that 30 seconds. That could potentially change my game. And that, that can I ask you, rash, do you rationalise um, having like one thing to work on for six weeks? Do you rationalise, okay... I'm focused on this for six weeks because, you know, you, you can get carried away wanting to learn everything and know everything, right? Yeah. But I, is the mindset like longevity? You plan on doing this forever, so you're not worried about like if this is six weeks, but I'm doing this forever. Everything no, else. Will not come. so much, man. I'm still an active competitor, mm. so my, my focus on is on how I'm going to win competitions or super fights or whatever it is in the next, you know, two three years. Okay, so like I'm focused on what positions are going to work for me in my game now that I'm that are going to help me win the competitions, you know? What guard is, is going to be my best guard? Or, you know, I wrestle a lot. We wrestle in here a lot, you know, because I'm going to do ADCC trials when they when we're allowed to. It's mm. super key. It's super beneficial. So at the moment, it's still competitive focus. Okay. Uh, 90% of the time, you know? Yeah. You can't... I don't believe you can do that every day. You know, even guys at like Atos or, you know, any of these super teams, like, you can't go and kill each other every day. You have to have a day where you just relax, flow, move through positions, go back to enjoying jiu-jitsu. Now, that's not every session, don't get me wrong, 
But on those days, man, yeah, then I'll play with something I, I don't usually do or play guard on my wrong side or, okay, I don't like deep half guard, so let's try and play deep half guard and, and have fun, you know? But mm. if I've... Like, most of my morning sessions are competition sessions because okay. if I had my daughter, you know, she's four. She loves being in the gym, but sometimes she might not want to be here. So I might only be able to coach and watch her. I might not be able to train. So I try and make sure my morning sessions are super competitive. So it's always a you game. Try and get your roles in in the morning. Exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, because you never know what, like for me, my mornings are pretty cruisy, but you never know what's going to happen in the afternoon. So I try and make sure. So like we just did good rounds then, right? Mm. I've got wrestling practice or gear class tonight. That's dependent on Ava being good, you know, or being healthy. Maybe she gets sick, you know, you never mm. know. So I don't... A four-year-old kid. I, yeah. I don't, never want to leave it to chance, man. I never want, oh, maybe I'll train later. Like, no, I'm, I'm either going to make sure I got work in or I'm not, you know. So, yeah, so most of it's competition focused, man. But in saying that, the competition results aren't what I'm chasing. It's the progress is what I'm chasing. The yeah. competition results keep me motivated and keep me on the path. And they're exciting when they happen. But the, the whole process is way more important to me. That process of leveling up in between competitions or changing my game, you know, mm. which I found I've done a lot over the last, you know, since I got my black belt predominantly. Mm. So that's what I'm chasing more, man, for sure. What's, um, what, what's like one of the biggest highlights in the, you've had in your career? Uh, Just your journey in general. Like obviously the black belt one, man, opening the, the gym too. Competition wise, man, like... Uh, I'm not too sure man because to be honest I love competing but I don't I'm not obsessed with titles or medals or anything like that you know like I don't feel like I need that to justify who I am or how good I am I just enjoy testing myself you know Mm. Um, man one of the the best uh, like the process I had just recently man my last match was against Jeremy Skinner and he beat me he triangled me uh, but that was one of my be- one of my highlights man because he's such a good leg locker and everybody was oh you're going to get leg locked you're going to get leg locked in 30 seconds like he had two deep heel hooks on me you mm. know and I escaped them both I'm not working with Lockie Giles, Lockie Giles or you know Kaya Rudolph is here at the moment so he's helping a lot but all my leg lock knowledge and defense came from myself you know Abmar wasn't a leg lock guy Eagle none of these guys were so for me, like I've, that was a win for me. Mm. You know, okay, I lost the match. You would have gone into that knowing that he's going to be threatening that. Hundred percent. You put in heaps of work, even though you got submitted somewhere else. It's like my leg lock defense. Exactly, held up, and then and that's a win for me. But then that also made me realize, man, that I don't, I shouldn't focus solely on the other person's game because mm. I was just focused on not getting leg locked, so I didn't play my game. But I had a super fight before that with Luke Martin, and again. A, uh, a decision loss for me. Luke Martin's the head of Sydney West Martial Arts, becoming notorious now, extremely good leg lock gym. They've got a lot of good competitors out of there right now. Luke's trained over in New York with Jason Rao and all those guys, right? He couldn't leg lock me. Again, that's, that's me leveling up my game, okay? Yeah, I lost a close decision. Could I suck about that? Yeah, for sure. Are people going to be like, oh, you fucking suck? Yeah, cool. I don't care. <laughs> I like, I don't. My leg lock game has improved. My yeah. leg lock defense has improved, you know? I'm not, again, like I said, I'm not training with these Lock and Giles is at the forefront of it or Craig Jones in Australia. Mm. I'm not rolling with them every day. I'm not getting their knowledge, you know? I'm, I'm learning it myself. So that in itself 
makes me happier, man. So what are, what are you saying? You, you owe Luke Martin and Jeremy Skinner a thank you. Yeah, so, maybe. Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, Jeremy and I talk quite a bit, man. <laughs> I actually had him over here for a seminar after he beat me and we trained a lot, man. Like, we're, we're, we're friends. And, yeah, he. I thank him for not leg-locking me. He thanks me for not slamming him through the canvas, man, which I tried to do, but <laughs> he's, too, he's too tough, I think. But, yeah, it's just one of those things, man. If you value yourself or if you focus only on a result, I found even when you get that result, man, it's not as, um, like, what's the word? Like, you don't get as vindicated as if the, from the process, man. Mm. You know what I mean? Sometimes, like, one of my... It's not the, it's not the destination, it's the journey. Yeah, man. And you, it's but but that you, hear, you hear it all the time, man. Yeah. You hear it from top-level guys. You hear it from, you know, hobbyists all the time, man. One of my biggest wins was... Not biggest wins, but one of my good wins was a super fight on AGC. I fought a big guy... Uh, at 94 kilos, I weighed him at 74, mm. and he cut weight, and I subbed him in like 50 seconds. But what'd you get I, him with? A guillotine. Nice. But it was like I got that match like 10 days out, man. Yeah. So it was just one of those things. I I was not lucky because I had the skill set to obviously do it, but I didn't prepare. Like you know mm. what I mean? I like to put in the work. Know I've done the work. That means more to me than you know if I showed up on a day's and notice. Just yeah. And, oh, I got the win. Cool. You know what I mean? Like, you don't really remember those, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of the actual deliberate leveling up, trying to... Yeah, like, I could tell you, like, uh, for most of my times, like, how this camp, camp, in quotations, like, how this training program went, how this process went, you know, but, like, my medals, my black belt medals hang on my wall because I'm proud of achieving my black belt and getting black belt medals. Mm. But from white to brown, man, I I couldn't even tell you where they are. Mm. Like, it doesn't... You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't... It, it is what it is. Like, yeah. It, it, well, how many medals have you got over the years where there's just you and one other person? Happens a lot, man. It happens <laughs> a lot at Black Belt too. And that's the thing. So people say this all the time. Oh, how many people in your division? Oh, I've got a straight final. For me, it's the challenge of who the person is. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, why do I want to fight Jeremy Skinner? He's a brown belt, right? He's been on Grapple Fest. He's been on Polaris. He's been on these big events. Like, his name is coming up. He has a skill set that... 95% of people in Australia don't have. Like his leg lock game is, everybody are, is wanting seminars and, and all these things, right? So why would I not want to challenge myself against someone like that? Mm. You know, how many how many opportunities of like that are you going to get where you get to challenge? Oh, cool, I lost. Oh, I lost to a brown belt. So what? He lost to Tyra Tullo or Cade, I can't remember, who's a blue belt. We were laughing about it before. It doesn't matter, man. Like it is what it is, but that's a big challenge for him. And unfortunately he didn't, get the win on that one and I didn't get the win against him mm. but we're better for it you mm. know what I mean and we took those challenges that's one thing that can never be like said in terms of like for me I I always want to just challenge myself as much as possible you know you're never mm. going to like be a, out of your comfort zone yeah, yeah which is in everything man not just in jiu-jitsu in life you yeah. know opening a business you know being a father like that's challenging in itself man like Mm. all the time it's you don't turn it doesn't switch off you don't get to switch that off you know so that's how i like to live man i, I feel you get the most out of life like that yeah or make anything worthwhile right exactly it's, not, it's yeah you can sit at home and be on the couch or whatever yeah and that's easy to do but again man, going back <laughs> if if that's what makes someone happy then so be it you know i i understand that too man like yeah. i understand if you know i've got friends that don't train at all man ava's godfather probably doesn't, he's never seen Jiu Jitsu in his life, man. No idea what it is. 
but he does what makes him happy and I'm happy because he's happy yeah. you know like I don't oh no but you can only be Ava's godfather if you train jiu-jitsu or you love jiu-jitsu bro he could not tell you one thing about jiu-jitsu <laughs> you know but he's a great person so you know it's one yeah. of those things and that's what really matters at the end of the day for that specific situation <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well obviously if you're going to make someone the godfather or of your child yeah is, you know it's got to be someone who obviously you respect deeply yeah yeah for sure man so, do you, um, mate, we're an hour in. Yeah, how wicked. Much, how much time did you have? No, I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good. Gonna, do you want me to ask you these questions? Yeah, cool. So, Sh- shout them out. Might, uh, might skip one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I've got a question here from... This, I've actually only got one. You might need to check your phone because I think you okay. put one up, eh? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, from Whiskey and Jit, yeah. who is one of your mates, yep. uh, one of your students, Ryan Brennan. And he said, is it true he only got a black belt so he can drink cruises and not get bullied? Uh, yep, this is pretty true. Yeah, I've never drank a whole beer in my life, never finished a whole beer in my life. If I do drink, it's cruises, 100%. Seriously? And, and yep, pink cruises. Guava? Yeah, guava. Oh, they are water, good though. Watermelon, yeah. strawberry, whatever, man. I don't I don't discriminate in my cruiser flavor. Yeah, it's true. I, uh, I obviously used to cop, I still cop flack for it, but man, I don't drink a lot, if ever, you know, once, twice a year. When I do drink, uh, I'm a pretty outgoing person in terms of like I speak my mind and stuff like that. If I drink whiskey or rum or anything like that, man, I'm probably going to get pretty aggressive. So yeah. I, I avoid it as uh, you know. Uh, so pro- you so you drink the real low testosterone drinks. Yeah, bro. Like for for mine and for my own peace of mind, man. Like I, I feel like it's it's better for me, man. Obviously, growing up, like you you do make mistakes in your youth, man. And yeah. A lot of mine were alcohol fueled drinking bourbon or whatever it was man so if i do drink it's cruises but on that note man we have an annual beer pong tournament for essence sponsored by hooks so oh, nice. yeah everyone we had 16 teams this year man the winners winners get uh a free gi or uh rashi and shorts combo yeah and we're still me and my partner teal are still uh like undefeated undefeated bro two <laughs> years in a row back to back so cruises do the job bro they win you the beer pong <laughs> they win you the tournament so what about on your phone? Uh, I think it was the same thing, man. I think he had a question about, someone had a question about my mullet. <laughs> I think. I sometimes, well, some, I guess it's just the nature of it. I put it out at 10 o'clock last night, so. It's yeah, good. it's all good, man. You can't the, expect a million Yeah, the correlation there. between your decline in manners and skills and increase in mullet length. <laughs> yeah, the mullet is going. I'm gonna get rid of it this week, so. I'm applying for like rental places, man. It's not a good, <laughs> good look. <laughs> yeah, that's Being covered in tattoos and, yeah. and having a mullet and trying to get a rental in Belmont. So, yeah. It oh, all, that'd just be that'd just be the standard. It is, it is. But you want to separate yourself from the pack, man. So, <laughs> right, don't get me wrong. Like, here's my gear here. Like, we've got Belmont on the back of the gear. I'm proud of where I'm from. Like, <sighs> don't get me wrong. But sometimes I've got a, a a pretty important business meeting on Friday too, so I need to be presentable for that so yeah. it's about time to mullet sometimes you just gotta know when you gotta do the right yeah, thing yeah and bro to be honest people keep grabbing it when they get collar and sleeve grips so I don't know how one women train with such long hair and don't get annoyed by it so often yeah. but but two just like people keep grabbing my mullet while I'm in the gi and it's just uh, it's that mate I was gonna say today we did that collar and sleeve sweep yeah, yeah, De La Hiva, yeah. and I was straight in on Jesse, grabbed like a chunk of, of hair, hair, yeah. Did the sweep yeah, happens, and I was bro, like, that's one thing about running people won't uh, maybe not, but one of the biggest things about running a gym man, if you ever open your own gym and you're gonna uh, like run your own spot, invest definitely in a vacuum cleaner because the amount of hair 
and like people's fingernails or toenails that get left on the mat, you want to get that off like straight away, bro, is is ridiculous. You see it all over. And we mop and vacuum in here every day because mm. um, obviously it's not a big spot, so it doesn't take that long. But yeah. uh, it's, it's pretty easy to do and, and everyone in the team helps out. But bro, this was, this was mopped this morning. Look, there's hair there, there's hair there. Like you can see it. Like we had 5.30 class this morning and they mop after that. So it, oh, it, it gets... I mean, you shed a few hair, we're rolling around trying to kill each other. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, kindly, yeah. but that's, that's the end goal. But still trying to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, what do you reckon? Yeah, man. Let's call it. I don't know if you've got time. Do you want to get some food? Yeah, cool. If you've got yeah. time? Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, I'll let, I don't know if you have, do you have anything to say for your students or any sponsors or anything you uh, want to say? No, just sponsors, man. Obviously, Hooks Brand has been looking after me for a long time, so shout out to them. Thanks for that. Uh, Mention, obviously, Fight Dietitian and Bulletproof. Uh, Gorilla Chiropractic, he's a pebble belt under Will Diaz. Um, just located in Como or South Perth. I'm not too sure of the suburb. Around there. Yeah, guys, if you've got injuries with your neck or your back, you know, go get treated by someone that actually knows what they're doing, what we do, you know. So mm. that's a big one, man. And CBD, Transcending Organics. Uh, if you're looking for CBD, especially in WA, no THC. I'm looking for a CBD sponsor. Yeah, so they're sponsoring me, bro. So they're, they're, they're great. They send me bottles out all the time. It helps with my sleep massively. I'm terrible at sleeping, man. Uh, you can take it for a piss test for FIFO and that. So uh, if you're looking for it, man, uh, I always tag them in my Instagram. Uh, and yeah, just follow the gym. Everybody's always welcome. I say that they're, truthfully, everybody is always welcome. There's not one person that isn't allowed down to the gym. If they want to come down, you're more than welcome to come down. Um, and yeah, we're, come check us out. So Yeah, and one for me, because I guess it's relevant for you, so I'll say it. Um, Humble Fightwear. Yes. Obviously, they're pretty big around Perth. Yeah. One of your students, Jesse yep. Weston, has yep. a discount code. Yeah, Peach is, uh, trains here as well, man. So when he's back, he trains a lot here as yeah. well. So he's another so humble athlete. I b- believe hers is Jesse 20. Yep. And his is what, just Peach's BJJ? I think so, yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, guys, you want a discount code for Humble Fightwear, you can use either of those. And um, I guess those guys get a kickback and Humble, you'll be supporting a Perth business. Yeah, perfect. So, there you go. That's it. Awesome. Cheers, Thanks, brother. Man. I appreciate, appreciate it, man. That was good fun. Easy. Cheers, Thank you. bro. Cheers, everybody.